0: This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Advancers, we've got a special guest in the building today. This guest was a collegiate baseball player that led his team to the Mountain West Conference Championship. He's the author of not one but two books – Parent pep talks and mentally tough teens. He also speaks nationally and was featured on TED Talks, creator and host of the Increase Your Impact podcast, which is closing in on 550 episodes. Mental skills coordinator for the Boston Red Sox and the Cleveland Browns, a sports psychologist for the elite of the elite athletes. He helps them perform with purpose. On purpose. All this, and he's still one of the most humble men I know appreciate and a family it. man through and through to three exceptional kids and a beautiful wife. The man, the myth, the legend himself <laughs> in the flesh, Justin Suha.
1: Thanks, brother. So happy to be here. Wow, I forgot about that. the Mountain West Conference Championship. I remember those days. Man, I always tell people the older I get, the better I was. So those were those good times. Those oh, are good always, times. always. Well, I appreciate
0: it, man. I mean, it's New Year's Eve. We've got a couple of people in the studio today. I just want to express my gratitude because I I, I know it's family time. And yeah. Uh, but it is, I mean, you're walking the walk and, and uh, there's a reason that you are where you are today.
1: And you kind of touched on it. My wife is so amazing. You're right. As you mentioned, it's a big day, big family, big family day. But my wife uh, just being part of uh, being part of this journey of success and so many times in our lives she says, go, go do it. And this was no no exception. She said, hey, you got an interview? Go do it. Go help some people out.
0: <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Yeah. And I know the listeners are excited to deep dive into all the experience and knowledge you've gained, really cultivating these professional athletes and men. Training, yeah. Before I, we talk mentality, I want to dive in to a little bit more in depth with you. I know you have a saying that you, you say you want to know the person behind the athlete, yeah. So absolutely, I, I'm going to take a page out of your books and ask yeah. those three questions if you don't mind opening. Absolutely, the three questions you ask all your athletes, absolutely, to get to know them. So, the first question I know you ask is, Why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. And uh, the, these three questions is neat. Now being on the receiving end of these questions, so why do I do what I do? The honest truth is, it's been evolving. It evolves over time. So now right now, right before as we're getting into the uh, we're on the cusp of the end of 2017, going into 2018, the reason I do what I do currently to this day is to be able to help people be their best versions of themselves. That's ultimately it. It, it, it. That's my philosophy. That's why I do what I do to know that I have some knowledge and some ability to teach. To help people be their best versions of themselves, and and last season, last year season, I, I speak in seasons because because uh, of sports. But last year it, it was um, it was to be uh, to it, to impact the world. I think the year before that was to make money or whatever it was. But right now it's to help people be the best versions of themselves, and um, and that's what drives me. That's I what drives me. I
0: love it. I love it. Cause yeah. life is a process. Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And what we what drives us today is not going to drive us tomorrow. Amen to that. And so as far as, I think you touched on what do you want to accomplish doing what you do? Yeah. Did you kind of define that? Yeah, so
1: bit? what do I want to accomplish? What I want to accomplish is basically creating platforms and systems and opportunities for people to gain access to the same mental skills training, the same knowledge that elite performers have. In the past, the only people who have access to professionals or coaches like myself are the best of the best, the people who have a lot of money to, to give to, to pay right. a sports psych mm-hmm. or a mental skills coach. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is I want to be able to create an opportunity, platforms, books, podcasts for anyone, whether you have money, you don't have money to, to learn those same principles. And that's one of the things I really want to accomplish is, um, as as the years continue.
0: Okay, I, I like that. I like that a lot. And the last question how do you want to be remembered? Doing I, I
1: want to be, there was a time when I was the head of mental conditioning at a place called the IMG Academy. And the IMG Academy, we had, I mean, we'd get a, a drove of youth, we basically specialize in youth athletes, helping youth athletes take their performance to the next level. And one of the things when I that I did, one of my roles were to hire and fire people. And in hiring, really, really more hiring um, uh, interns. And I had three criteria that I told my team. Three H's. Happy, humble, and hardworking. Happy, humble, hustle is another one. So I hope I'm remembered by someone who's happy, super, just super positive. Okay. Um, someone who's humble, who doesn't think they're better than anybody. And that's one thing that my parents taught me. You're No one is better than you, and you're not better than anyone. Another way to say it is, is, is respect everyone, but fear no one. And then number I'm three sure. is just hard work and, and hustle. And so that's I, I hope... I'm remembered by that, and um, and then most importantly, just by being a to be remembered by being a good husband and a, and a great father.
0: I want to quantify that a little bit deeper. And this might be too deep of a question. Yeah. I don't think so. But when your time comes to leave this earth, yeah. what sentence do you want left on your gravestone?
1: Um, I am, for those who really do know me, the thing okay. that—and the, the, I could, yeah, for you guys listening, the underlying principle of my life is very faith-based. I'm a very devout, God-fearing man. And that's how my parents were and that's how their parents were. So my sentence, when I do leave the earth— it would. It would be. He loved the Lord. Something as simple as that. Wow. He loved the Lord. That. Wow. That. Nothing else. Nothing more. Nothing less. And um, that. That would be something that I would. I'd put out there.
0: Will you embody your beliefs? So yeah. I appreciate it, beautiful, brother. Man. Appreciate that's it. Beautiful. And well, first, thanks for being vulnerable and authentic. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? That's absolutely. A, that's, that's a breath of fresh air. But uh, as far as life being a series of moments, I want to dive into one specifically. Yeah one specific moment and um, you can give context to this oh I'm but sure you, you I will I on... see you
1: smiley. I'm like <laughs> I wonder what this
0: is <laughs> so uh, uh, you've already touched base uh, with this on your social media but it was the moment Mel kind of essentially called yeah, yeah. So you Yeah, yeah so, want to give context so
1: Mel towards... is my wife so Melissa uh, we, 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 we call her Mel and, uh, or Melly or, or Babe whatever it is I'll never forget so I'm a high school teacher at this moment we have three kids I'm in my late 20s and all since we got married i think we'd been married for 6 7 years at this point and i was just going through the motions in life i was i was living life i it was good it was it was okay we were living paycheck to paycheck and and things were things were coming along but i wasn't truly growing however I was spitting a big game. I was talking a lot. Oh, I'm oh, going to really? change the world someday, and I'm going to do this someday. And I'm going to do this someday. And Melissa would always be like, was "Yeah." That to
0: everybody, or was uh, that really just to her, to her Melissa. really okay. to really yeah.
1: to Melissa. Yeah, really. Melissa. You have I that want... same
0: space, with right. Wife, right?
1: Exactly. Because okay. yeah, that's my okay. wife. I'm going to share everything with her. Share my dreams and my goals and my aspirations. And and she was always someone who's like, "Yeah, baby. Yeah, you're going to do it. Yeah, you're going to do it." And I'll never forget one day, and, and I'll just tell the whole story where we went to apply for a house it was going to be our first house that we ever that we ever purchased and it didn't we just eventually, we just didn't qualify and it obviously it's i was a, do it, i was a good man doing good work and we just didn't qualify and and but i just kept saying hey one day i'm i'm going to i'm going to change the world i'm going to do it and i don't know if she was frustrated i don't know if it was just i don't know still don't know we might have to ask her behind the scenes but i i'll never forget we're laying in bed and the lights are dark, and I said, Man, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be big one day. I'm gonna help the world one day. And she said, You're all talk. And I and I remember like I opened my eyes and I couldn't see her face. And I remember thinking, Wait, what did you say? She goes, You're all talk. So, what do you mean I'm all talk? She goes, Well, you always say that, but you do nothing about it. And literally in that moment, It was like a knife through my heart and I just this fire lit in me. The next morning, I went to apply to get into school for sports psychology at the University of Utah and then led to another thing, led to another thing, and led to everything that I've accomplished up to this point, but it was that moment when my wife was like, you are all talk. And the reason it hit me so hard was because it was true. I spoke, I talked a big game. There's so many times where you're like, I'm gonna do this, and you're visualizing success, and you want it, you're reading the good books, but you just don't take action. And that's where I was at that moment. And I was at the tipping point, and she literally just, pushed me over the edge and I'm so grateful that she did.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. I love yeah. it. When I read that, I was, like, <laughs> so I, I, I was going to set up that question with asking, you know, because I know you've seen adversity. Yeah, I know you've faced naysayers, you know, oh, yeah. in, in your journey. And absolutely so that moment specifically was super interesting. So it could have been a combination of where she was at in her life yeah. and where you were at. And it was just that perfect timing. A-
1: absolutely. And what was really interesting is when you're comfortable, you have a lot less naysayers. I didn't I didn't have naysayers when I was comfortable. When I'm li- when you're living in your comfort zone, you don't have naysayers. You have people like, oh, okay, yeah. And they're all, oh yeah, someday we're gonna do it, someday we're gonna do it. The moment I took the jump, the moment I decided to, to 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 get outside my comfort zone and to start podcasts and to start down this own journey that not a lot of people have been, that's when the naysayers came. That's when the haters started showing up and that's when I end up realizing, okay, wow, my why, my purpose, my love for the process has to be stronger than all of the haters and the naysayers that were coming in. And so, yeah, a lot of adversity, um, uh, struggles financially when you're getting going, struggles with relationship, trying to figure everything out, yep. the unknown, exactly. the darkness, where's our next paycheck coming mm-hmm. from? Um, that combined with people saying, ah. I don't think you can do it. Hey, you, you don't have the education to do it. You don't have the experience to do it. You don't have the age to do it. And um, it's been fun to, uh, to to do it anyway.
0: Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And, adventures I'm trying to paint a picture here for you guys to, to humanized Justin I know all the accolades that we rattled off may, may put him in another light but he started somewhere where all of us you know essentially we all have a starting point zero I, I literally so I, <laughs> zero I, if, if exactly. you
1: have I had no friends I had no I mean I had friends but but no uh, I had nobody to tell me I, no one take me under their arm or, or I, I I remember starting from zero and saying, okay this is what I'm going to do I'm going to go I'm going to open up my own mental performance consulting firm and I'm just going to go And I opened, I didn't have social media, so I opened up a Twitter, I opened up a Facebook page, and I opened up an Instagram. Zero friends, not following anyone. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do with this? I would start posting things. I would start writing articles. And i go back and read them. And they were brutal. They were just brutal. Yeah. But I was getting the ball rolling. But what was funny is I would get one like. I would get no likes. Uh, I remember getting frustrated. I remember the only people who were commenting were my was my grandma and my mom. Oh, this is great, Justin. <laughs> love we love you. <laughs> love and that. are you coming to Thanksgiving dinner? And I'm like, grandma, this is my <laughs> professional. Yes, I'll be there. And so, but uh, but that's, I remember thinking, Man, man, this tweet is going to be fire. It's going to be amazing. This is going to change everything. I'd put it out there, crickets. No one says anything. And then i see somebody else who's more famous put something out there, and they get hundreds of thousands or whatever likes, and mm-hmm. I remember just getting down. But, yeah, it start, literally started from zero And uh, you just stick with it. It's been such an amazing process.
0: consistency. Right. Absolutely. Mr. Consistent Consistent himself sitting right in front of you, drop and some knowledge. Keep doing it. (laughs) We're literally, hey, we're we're, we're finding that process here. (laughs) Um, But let's jump ahead. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing all that, but let's jump ahead. So would you say your profession is a newer profession, and are you a trailblazer in that profession? That's a great question.
1: I think the profession of sports psychology, it it was founded, it really started in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That's when they used sports psychologists to work with Olympic athletes and professional athletes, okay. and then it was used in the military. But now that elite athletes are becoming, or just, they're just we're just better than we were in the de- back in the days. So mm-hmm. Guys who are coming in, uh, fourth and fifth place in the Olympics, and men and women are—they would have dominated the the competition back in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. The athletes are changing; they're just better now. What's ended up happening? These people who are performing at the highest level—they. They don't want it. They don't want any stone unturned. So they're really focusing in on their nutrition. They're focusing in on their their re, their, um, uh, their rehabilitation. Their their sleep. They're, they're trying to understand the intricacies of everything. And now people are taking a look at the mind, mm. what role the mind plays. Because we always hear it, the mind uh, performance is ninety percent of what you do. But then you ask somebody, okay, so if it's ninety percent of your performance, how much time are you spending training the mental side? And then you see their eyes get big. They're like, no, I'm not. Not not at all. Wow. And so you asked the question, am I a trailblazer? I, I don't know. I think there were a lot of people who came before me. Um, I think I'm a trailblazer in the sense that I might be trying new strategies. I'm a storyteller. Um, I... I enjoy the professional ranks. I enjoy, whether it be NFL and pro baseball, I enjoy writing books. And so there may be some things I'm doing differently, but there's a lot of great people out there doing great work in our field.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I I appreciate that information. I was also setting that up um, to ask you, because I think it's crucial with technology transforming and the landscape is now ever evolving and changing. Absolutely. What kind of, uh, I guess, what takeaways do you have, you know, kind of mapping out a newer a newer branch, essentially, in right, psychology right. that they can implement in their lives with their careers. I mean, we're talking about a, a large portion of the, the working forces. Yeah. Essentially, their, their jobs aren't going to exist in the next decade or so.
1: Right, right. So. I think one of the most important things that I kept telling myself is to be relevant. Be mm-hmm. relevant. And one thing we do know about, know about social media that is, if you are not on social media – you're gonna be irrelevant. I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how much money you are. If you're not there, because the, the latest social media poll that I took a look at, it said if you see somebody looking at their phone, 80% of the time, they're on some kind of social media platform. So if you are trying to get your word out there and you are not there, you're not where the attention is, you're not where the eyes are, I'm sorry, But you may be great at what you do, but you're not going to be able to capture the audience. And what I do, and I'm passionate about this, I just got fired up. (laughs) What I love about social media is social media really helped me get where I am because the market doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't lie. If, you, if you're if you good, yep. they'll let you know, they'll yes. let you know. And yeah. if you're not good, they're gonna let you know. And what's, what's really neat is I'll, I'll, like you said, I was just consistent. I would just write an article every single day. I'll do a podcast every single weekday, year after year after year, and all of a sudden it grows, and people keep going, noticing. And uh, so if, if someone's listening to this, and if they want to be a trailblazer, it's all about practicality and consistency. I think if you are practical and you're consistent, know your audience, it's amazing the, the, the traction and the progress and the rewards that come from just those two simple things, be practical and be consistent. And the social media set up just like that to, yep. to help out. And that's yep. been a huge help for me.
0: Advancers, I don't know if, I mean, listen up, really take note here. If you are not digitally native in 2018, <laughs> your business will not exist. Just really, really hitting that <laughs> home. Because <laughs> that's something I'm passionate about as right. well. You can't get romantic about things that you did 20 years ago. Right. Or things you did 10 years ago. You right. Can't, I mean. That's so but true. I think the next topic, uh, everyone is anticipating and excited about. They yeah. For sure excited about What does a day in the life of Mr. Justin... So, uh, look like
1: First of all, just taking it, kind of taking the, I'll start from from ten thousand feet and just come Beautiful. down in a day in the life. What's really funny is, so we'll take a look at the year. Okay. So working with professional baseball with Boston Red Sox and the Cleveland Browns. Luckily, those two seasons offset a little bit. The, it gets really hairy in in August, in September, October, when both seasons are kind of overlapping. Now, what I do is I do a lot of traveling. There, I do so much traveling that sometimes I will. Be in three different cities, sleep in four different cities in one week, and I'll I'll wake up in the middle of the night and have no idea what city or what team I'm working with, just because I'm I'm always all over the place. I just live on a plane, but a day in a life it it really differs with the team and and the time of the year. But just generally speaking, day in a life I'd walk in, I will speak to the entire team. We'll do a mental skills session. It could be on confidence or focus or motivation or teamwork, and then I. I will coach uh, coaches, do leadership sessions with coaches, and then I'll do uh, one-on-one sessions with with an individual, someone who wants to take their performance to the next level. Maybe maybe they are struggling uh they're getting caught up under pressure and so we give them strategies and techniques on how to help them with that maybe there's somebody who wants to just develop themselves they want to be a better husband they want to be a better dad these athletes are like man it's not performance it's just i just want to be a better man and we sit and we talk about it and uh and we come up with some specific exercises and so i'm there and then uh, they'll they'll text message me, or will they'll hit me up on Instagram, they'll slide into my DMs. Yeah, and just, yeah exactly. So <laughs> it's it really differs. I'll sit one-on-one with a, with a coach, or I'll sit one-on-one with an executive of the team and talk about the team culture. And so it really just... Uh, Differ. then i 'll get a phone call from somebody who 's interested in the field and i 'll talk to them on, on the phone for a while and so it 's what I love about it is it 's very diverse and you never know what you 're going to get every day every time I walk onto a facility with a team or walk into the game uh, i don 't know what i 'm going to get i don 't know what 's going to come my way, and that 's what I love about it and uh, during games, I'm, I'm there watching the games, whether it be on the sideline or in the dugout or in the or in the clubhouse. But uh, that the games is a great opportunity to see people like you. That I love the word you use in their native environments, to be there and to witness them perform under pressure, to witness their process in the heat of the moment is 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 huge for me. And so, uh, watch a lot of football and baseball as well. And uh, it's just sometimes I pinch myself because this is such a blast. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: and and then just looking back at the process so essentially uh, one of my favorite quotes that you did was was the most recent one i'm going to butcher it so yeah. definitely just yeah. just cut in when you need to but essentially it's like to, to reach the level of success you need to you need to be comfortable with doing those mundane tasks over exactly. and over again. Exactly. Yes, excellence it, yeah. Excellence
1: is the mundane, boring non-sexy th- <laughs> things you got to do every single mm-hmm. day learning from the process, uh, learning from failure and trusting the process. That go. is excellence and that's, uh, and that's it. And when
0: you start doing that, then eventually you can get to a place where you absolutely love what you're doing. Exactly. You're pinching yourself and you're like, exactly. how did I create this reality, right? Yeah, that's it.
1: That's, that's exactly beautiful. it. So
0: you, you did touch on what you love if you could change yeah. one thing about your job or your profession right now if,
1: if i could change one thing about it it would really be to to really organize all of my thoughts so a lot of the things what i do is I'll, I'll like this party. i love things like this I'll shoot from the hip. I'll, I'll shoot from the hip and I'll go and I'll speak. But what I'm not doing is is capturing it. I'm not being able to capture it and say, whoa, that was actually really good. I'll be in the middle of a, of, a, of a presentation or a one-on-one and I'll go and I'll say something. I'm like, wow. Or they'll say something and I don't capture it, write it down to share with other people in the world. And so that's one thing that I need to get better at. I need to change is to be able to document um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk, I love he says document and don't create, I, I I'm, I'm always creating content and teaching I just need to document it on oh, the, yeah. the back end so I could share it with other people. Yeah. And that's, a, that's one thing that I would change about myself that I need to get better at.
0: Yeah, I think, I think a, a little mental switch, if you start looking at it more like you're doing the world a disservice yeah. by not sharing that so stuff. So true. Then you're like, I'm going to jump on it. That was actually my follow-up question was, or my next question, can we set a goal with a date for you to get a vlog Going to get a vlog going. And so that's one. you know, that's a,
1: (laughs) I like how you're doing that. Wow. You, you hold me. Cause so the, another thing that I think I am really, really good at is I am very good at managing my time. And if there is a project, if there's something that I'm passionate about and I'm going to go all in on, then I'll definitely go in on it. I think the vlog there's a few projects on my plate that I'm thrilled and so excited about. I think vlogging, we will eventually get there. Okay. Um, not sure exactly when it's going to be, but uh, but I have a couple of projects in there, but uh, vlogging is, is 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 definitely up there. I, I'm not going to be able to, to commit to a time and date exactly, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. I know eventually, but I want to make sure that I take care of, I'm really passionate about something I'm working on right now, and once we get that, then, uh, then I got to go, just because I have a hundred and... I have about a account I, count, I have about have 150 elite athletes I'm working with who can call me at one in wow. the morning, call me at eleven o'clock at night. I got GMs you said 150, head, 150, wow. 150 elite pro, professional wow. athletes, top of the and top. yeah, the, the tip of the, the tip of the spear. And so with that, uh, being able number one, first and foremost, taking care of obviously my family. Aside from my family, is is them making sure they are taken care of, and I'm watching after them, and then going and taking care of my other projects but i'm i'm able to manage them all and so the reason I, I share all that is vlog is it's definitely on the table it's just um it's in the queue it's in the queue it's about three or four back okay yeah okay but vlogging is the that's the next wave if i'm looking and say whoa and so now you just you just kind of got me we got the wheels true we might have to vlog while we're doing those other projects to get it going so uh, so yeah we have to ta- well, yeah we have to, have to talk we about that yeah yeah around. exactly exactly that's the
0: best right <laughs> Um, and and uh, I, I know we uh, we haven't really been talking about athletes. I just want to get to know you. Yeah, more, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like all the content I've absorbed of you is you talking about your y- professional. Yeah, athletes. So right. I love getting right. to know Justin Sua. You know, uh, behind behind the classification, right, of what you do. So, right. Um, but let's jump into uh, one of your philosophies and one of always advancing's actually philosophies is is having that growth mindset to continually yeah. advance in life. One step at a time. I know you love one get one percent better every day. Yep. I I know you like that. So, with Carol Dweck, one of the the examples I love in that book, The Growth Mindset, was how she actually pointed out how a lot of people who we think have these natural, these natural born gifts of athletics or genius actually didn't have that, actually had what's called what's uh, just consistent effort. Yep. And how she said that's the underlying difference that not talent, but consistent effort. And so, with these 150 athletes, you know, that you've, you've created a relationship with, um, how many of those would you say were born to do what they do and how many have really grown into that type of person?
1: I, I would say that uh, in terms of, of t- straight-up talent, they were mm-hmm. just God-given, the ability yep. to throw 100 miles an hour. To be, the, the freaks, there are those guys. There okay. are the, however, even though there are freaks um, mm-hmm. who are just physically gifted – these guys at the highest level, not only are they physically gifted, but also they have this growth mindset that you're talking about, this love for what they do. And so they just keep going and going. There's this quote out there that says, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. These guys are – now my question is, what if you are talented and work hard? Then you just dominate. Oh, then you then just you become an icon. Exactly, like exactly. Kind of George, right? exactly. Yeah. You just dominate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, And so these guys – so you asked me to give you a percentage. I think a very high percentage of them. I would say – i'd say I'd say about seventy percent of them have that growth mindset. Okay. There is another group who does not, and the reason i can you can i can witness I can tell they don't have the growth mindset is because you'll see it right when they come into pro sports okay. right when they come because usually if you're playing pro sports, if you're and this hopefully you guys can glean those of you listening glean some principles from this if these guys come into pro sports. The first thing I look for is how they respond to adversity. That will give me the idea. That will teach me what if they have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. So if they come in and all of a sudden they experience adversity and then they don't try hard, they, they think, okay, I can't do this, I'm not... That's a fix right there. and Can the. Re- you give
0: a specific example?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me give you a specific okay. example. So there was a player once, a high school kid, professional okay. baseball, got drafted into the Boston Red Sox organization. Okay. And he dominated. He dominated in the Little League. He dominated in high school and uh, just absolutely dominated. And then all of a sudden he gets drafted and, excuse me, and he starts playing in professional baseball and he goes out there to pitch and gets crushed just just gets destroyed it's a different level. and he comes out there and he just just like a deer in the headlights he ends up realizing that he thinks he's good everyone's good at the pro level he thinks he throws hard everyone throws hard and yep. he's like man i got i got paid millions of dollars to strike this guy out and i say hey these guys got paid millions of dollars to hit people like you to be able to hit a guy who's as good as you and so these guys are good and to see him just completely mentally and emotionally crumble and immediately i thought wow there's the fixed mindset at work but here's the great thing about this is it's coachable it was a long road then i got to sit him down and say hey you don't have to feel this way. You don't have to you don't have to view losing and the struggle and the grind with the lens that you're currently looking at it. Hey, there's a better way. And that's when I taught him about the fix and growth mindset. And it was like a light bulb going off for him. And once he learned that he can choose his mental approach to adversity and to failure and to effort and to feedback, then that, that was a game changer for him. He didn't. He ended up turning it around.
0: And can you? Can, I want to hear your interpretation of: Is it possible to have a growth mindset with uh, external locus of control, or do those two go hand in hand? Growth and internal, and uh, fixed, and external. That's a great question. I have seen where these
1: guys who I work
0: with—they
1: mm-hmm. want it so bad. They they want they want to win so bad. So the the. Let me, let me give you guys an analogy. So what I want you to do is I want you to imagine having a blank sheet of paper, and then you just fold you just fold the, the top down. Maybe let's just say uh, the top quarter down. So you fold the top quarter down, and then what I want you to do is I want you to write your goal in there. And chances are it's going to be an external goal, an extrinsic goal, whether it be mm-hmm. an amount of money you want. It could be a podcast you want to launch, whatever it is, a promotion. So you write that there. And then what I want you to do is I want you to think about – what is, going, what is it gonna to take to get there? What is it gonna to take to get that thing you really want? And you're gonna probably write down, I don't know, just just the minute details of whatever it's gonna to take to get there, and you know that if you follow this recipe, you're going to get that goal you just, you just achieved. So now what we do, is what I want you to do is I want you to take that top half, and I just want you to tear it off. Just rip it off, crumple up, throw it in the trash, and just do the, the process that you said, and what ends up, lo and behold, what's gonna happen, you're gonna achieve that thing that you wrote, that goal, Or something even better. So the reason I share that example with you is these guys who I work with want to win so bad. They want championships. That's why they play. Everyone plays to win. Again, external locus of control. Mm -hmm. That's the outside of them. However... Especially with team sports, right? Exactly. Yeah. Especially with team sports, mm-hmm. and I have I've had a tremendous opportunity to work with uh, elite crossfitters as well, who are they are a whole different beast and amazing. Uh, they are amazing as well, and they want to get to the games. They want to win the games. Mm-hmm. So they want it really bad. However, what they also have learned how to do is to balance, To, to even though they want the external, they want the, the results, mm. but to go all in on the process. As they focus on the process, they know the results will take care of themselves. And so I do think you can want that external locus of control. However, the focus needs to be on the process and understand that you're gonna grow, you're gonna fail, that as you have that mindset throughout the process, it's going to help you get that, that thing that you really want. And I think that's, that's part of it because losing hurts, uh, coming in second place, they hate it, and that's perfectly okay. That, that's fine.
0: Mental toughness, I, I know you've said is, is very broad. So yeah. People will come to you Oh and yeah, like, all hey, the time. how do I be mental tough? Oh, so like, There's so, so true. many facets to so it, true. Right? And so I'm curious on your take on this with dealing with elite, you know, the elite of the elite. Have you recognized any patterns and obviously differences? Yeah. But what are the major ones that you you uh, you've seen from the average mindset? And yep. I don't say average people. Yep. I say average mindset. Right. Right. Because right. I, I, I right. Don't think there's an average. I
1: think mindset. that's great that you didn't. Yeah, you differentiated. So average
0: that. Uh, mindset versus the elite mindset. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest? And does it lie back into that? you know the uh, the internal external
1: yes i i think i think it i you're right i think it starts with the internal there's a deep those who are the best at what they do there is this deep internal intrinsic drive for why why they do what they do it's not just it is not just championships it's not Mm -hmm. just hall of fame it's not just making money it's this deep drive to be the best versions of themselves they can be and so coupled with this entire intense desire and drive to compete. Um, And they just know why they do what they do. So that's one thing I know about elite athletes. They know why they do what they do. And then what they are different at is they have created their day to match the dreams that they have for the future. And so when they wake up, they wake up on purpose with purpose. They don't just they don't hit the snooze button. They, they they not only fuel their bodies, they fuel their minds. They know exactly what they're going to do in the morning. They know about their training. They know what they're going to do at night. And they just go through this regimen. And then they do it the next day. And then they do it the next day. And then they do it the next day. They're just super consistent. Mm-hmm. and It's it incredible. They are just so consistent with what they do. And and another thing is what they're really good at is they do what it takes to be successful even when they don't feel like it. That right there is a game changer. It's a game changer. People, too many of the people of of the, just the the average mindset. There you go. The average mindset is Oh man, I don't feel like working out today. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to go work out. Oh man, I don't feel like starting this podcast. so they end up talking themselves out of it. and so what elite athletes do is they don't um, they don't listen to themselves. they talk to themselves and they are very aware of of the the, the narrative and the story they're telling themselves, and it's something you can start right now. Mm-hmm. Anyone can start it right now, but those guys and men and women are really, really
0: good at that. so if I'm hearing you right, elite athletes have the ability to forego their emotional and physical state. Yeah. Whatever they're feeling, whether they're sore, yep. whether they're sad, whether they feel lonely. It doesn't yeah. matter. They just stay consistent. Exactly. And does that, does confidence play a role in that? Confidence plays,
1: confidence does play a role in that. I think they, they're conf, they're to I mean, stay consistent. To stay consistent, but they're confident in their ability to perform in those feelings. So, for example, some people are not confident feeling uncomfortable. They, when they feel uncomfortable, all of a sudden their confidence goes out the window. When okay. the moment they step out of their comfort zone, it's like, oh man, I don't, I'm not confident. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I've never been here before. But these guys, men and women who are at the highest level. They, they'll, they'll go into a performance like, man, I don't feel good right now. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, I've been here before. Man, my arm hurts. Hey, I've been here before. Oh, man, this guy's so much better than me or this woman's so much better than me. I've been here I've before, been here before. <laughs> I love it. because they've pushed it, they, and I know what to do. I know how to mm-hmm. respond. What happens so much to the average mindset is at that little twinge of discomfort, that little twinge of uncertainty, oh, I better stay back. Get back in my comfort zone. Get back in my comfort zone. These men and women at the highest level, they keep expanding the comfort zone. They work to the outer edges of their abilities to take risks, They're risk takers, over and over and over again to the point to where they get comfortable doing it. The analogy I always give is imagine jumping into a a cold ocean or a cold pool and you get there and at first it's just a shock to the body. You're freezing, you're cold, but then you're in there for a little bit and you're like, wow, my body got used to it. Not because the temperature in the water changed, but – your body adapted. Your mind can do the same thing. Your body can do the same thing. You're going to be – what's hard for you to do today might not be hard as you can – it won't be hard as you consistently stick with it. I, I'm, I'm going to flow right now. So Let's so so with, so with habits are the same way. Okay. So we're moving in. I don't know when you are listening to this episode, for those of you are listening. But that's what it comes down to, building habits. Mm-hmm. You've got to identify what is it, what's the habit you want to build – and then be super consistent with it every single day, and that, I'm seeing a theme kind of in this in this episode in this interview that we're talking about. But what's interesting is when you first start a habit, at first it become at first it's unbearable, and that is so normal. It's going to be unbearable. But if you stick with it, it then becomes uncomfortable. But then if you stick with it, it becomes unbreakable. And I love that. That
0: tm Justin, but, Suha. do you have <laughs> that up on the quote?
1: It's somewhere, yeah, it's oh, somewhere. That is so your habits will be first they'll be un, uh, first they'll be unbearable, then they'll be uncomfortable, and then they'll be unbreakable, wow. and then you move on to the next one. Wow. But it you're gonna go through it, you're gonna go through that hard part.
0: Where do you think that misconception comes from? Where you know when we're flexing our mentality, when or when we're training our mentality, we're training our physicality, like every aspect that we we forget that we still will be uncomfortable
1: i think what you i think you just hit it. i think you said you said the f word forget yeah. <laughs> I think we forget, i think people. And that's two things that people underestimate mm-hmm. in achieving their goal. The two things is, number one, how long it's going to take, and number two, how hard it's going to be. They mm-hmm. underestimate that. And anytime time you're going to go take out this journey, I think we do a disservice to ourselves when we just visualize success, visualize the money, visualize the end goal. What you need to do is you need to visualize every piece of adversity you're going to hit. Visualize adversity. See every obstacle you might run into and then visualize yourself overcoming it. It should be painful. Michael Phelps is the best at this. Michael Phelps, uh, he would visualize himself his goggles coming off. He would visualize himself struggling down to that detail. Down to that detail. Wow. Really funny. So in his last, I don't know if it's the last one or the one before, where he broke the world record, goggles were filled. His, so he did it essentially blind because wow. water water was in his goggles. And they asked him, "How did you do that?" He goes, "Oh, I would I trained with, without goggles for this moment. I'd visualize myself." performing at a high level, even when things go bad. And so someone listening to this, the reason you might be struggling is not because you lack talent, not because you lack confidence or motivation. It just might be because you've underestimated how long it's going to take and how hard it's going to be. And you have not planned out your response to adversity. I think that is where people struggle. Uh, and A huge one. They get Mike Tyson said it. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. In the face you're right. going to get punched in the face, and if you if you are not ready for it, you're going to struggle. And,
0: so, would you say some tools to use um, instead of declarative self-talk? Uh, I think it was Daniel Pink and "To Sell Was Human" said interrogative self-talk. Yeah, yeah, was really good. Just asking your questions. What happens if I fail? What happens when I do start and nobody cares? Absolutely. It, I, questions I think like I, that?
1: I think those are great questions. Mm-hmm. And that that is a great. There's another book by. Um, um, it's called The Checklist Manifesto by um, Aktul Gawande. Aktul Gawande. Black book. Uh, black there's a black, black one. There's a red one. It, uh, it's, yeah. it's a great, great book. But short basically, read. Short, short, read. Uh, short read. But mm-hmm. what he talks about is uh, the importance of making checklists. And uh, you sparked this this memory. Mm-hmm. Um, routines are huge part of it. But I think a routine that you need to, if you're listening to this, to build into your day is you need to build in some self-awareness tools. And one of the best ways to build this self-awareness are these self-reflective questions Mm -hmm. questions drive focus and when you ask yourself a question it's going to drive those cognitive resources to answer and to solve that problem so if you're if you're waking up in the morning and you're asking yourself okay if this goes bad how am i going to respond to this how am i going to choose to respond to this your mind is now what's going to do. The prefrontal cortex is going to scan the environment and when that event happens, not if, but when that adversity happens, you are going to be able to effect, uh, uh, respond effectively to it because you already planned it out. But if you had not prepared for it and you just kind of wake up, you go through the day and all of a sudden adversity strikes – you're going to activate the amygdala. You're going to get the, the – it's going to be a fight or flight or freeze response. You're going to respond um, erratically, and you're going to look back and you're like, man, I just got destroyed by that emotionally. And y- you knew it was going to come. You just didn't pay the price to stop and to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I agree with you. Those reflective questions are huge. Some keep a journal. Uh, you can do it before. You can do it be a- after. Um You could even write it down. I mean, a tool, you ask for a strategy, what I would do is I would identify. Okay, so if you're listening to this, so here's a little quick tip for you guys. If you're listening to this and you have certain uh, things that just get you, whether it be bad habits, it could be certain things that in performance, at work, that it gets you. For example, let's just say an example of um, maybe you and your, your significant other get in a fight a lot or maybe you get uh, cut off at, uh, on, the, on the streets or on when you're driving. Simple little things. You're going to make a sales call and, and right when they come back with questions, all of a sudden you, you clam up. So what you're going to do is you're going you're to write down what is the obstacle that just keeps getting you. And then what you're going to do is you're going to write down your response to it. So if this happens, then this, then I'm going to respond this way. And man, I don't want to, I don't want to give the wrong stat, but it's over 50%. You are over 50% more likely to respond effectively if you do that. And so this is wow. based at NYU, wow. uh, New York 50%. university. Yeah. Over 50%. I, and then I don't want to, hi, uh, I don't want to hyperbolize anything. I don't want to mm. say like 86, but I, I think it's way up there where wow. people who plan the response to adversity, respond enormously just way better than those who don't plan it
0: advancers this is straight gold listen to this learning to inquiry artfully can open your mind to wider and deeper ways of knowing that's it that's That's beautiful And that leads right into, perfectly into self-awareness. Yes. The buzzword for 2016, 2017. um, My last episode I just uh, released today was based off self-awareness as being the cornerstone for entrepreneurship and business, but also in overall life. You're right. So what, I know you've talked on uh, other podcasts about uh, Jahari's Window. Yes. That's one of the tools you use. What other tools would you um, advice, you know, techniques, anything that that could help somebody really cultivate that attribute. Right. I think a hu- the the cousin or
1: the brother, the sibling to self-awareness is humility. And so that is something it is very hard to develop self-awareness if you're not humble. I've seen people who lack self-awareness because they don't they they're just not humble. They just don't want to learn. And so that makes it very difficult. Now, I truly believe that you cannot change what you're not aware of. So if any of you are sitting there and you want to make these changes, you, you've got to become aware of what you are doing or what you are not doing or what you're doing that's actually helping you be effective. I think something just to start off mm-hmm. is for me. That, that's why I think these elite athletes are so good because I always ask this question. I was like, why would a person who's making millions of dollars, who is the best at what they do, hire or want to talk to somebody who is not like myself okay why would you meet with a mental coach and i'll never forget uh working with a a player and and he he told me he goes you are to you're here to help me notice my blind spots you are going to see things that i can't see myself and he's like if you see me respond a certain way if you see me acting a certain way Please tell me. It's like that person, they, when you go home and you see you have food on your face, you're like, why didn't no one tell me I had food on my face? <laughs> oh, for a, like, yeah. you know, like an hour of dinner, right? Exactly. I, you're like, or something I'm on your literally teeth. Literally... Yeah, you have, you have stuff on your teeth. <laughs> that like, is why the worse. Right. Yeah. And so people, a lot of times people wow. are afraid to tell you the truth because they're going to hurt your feelings or whatever, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say, so if you are trying to develop self-awareness, I think number one, is to So it is that humility. And one way, if you want to develop and cultivate humility, research is showing gratitude is a big one on that. So if you want to start softening your heart and start starting this, to develop humility, start to be a little more grateful. That's square that's number that's Square number one. Scramble. Number two is to find someone you truly trust. Now, you can't – don't just go to mom and dad who's going to always tell you how great you are. You want to go to somebody who is really going to tell you the truth, who you know – has your best interest in mind. Like, you know they love you, you know they want you to succeed, and and you just go up and you tell them. I'll never forget, um, there's a great book that's out there by Tasha Eunuch, it's called Insight. The book is called Insight. It's outstanding. It's all about self-awareness. But she talks about a strategy in that book that I used with my wife. Um, and she's not someone who's gonna sugarcoat me either my wife. I but what that. she says <laughs> is, she's like, you've gotta find someone you truly trust and you've got to tell them, okay, what what do I need to do to get better? What annoys me about you? And that's a tough question. And then to tell them, hey, I'm not going to get mad. I'm, I'm not going to get offended. But I really want to get better. And you're someone who I trust who can help me get better. That's – it sounds so simple. I don't want it to sound trite. But when was the last time that per- – if you're listening to this, you went up to someone and said, hey, can you tell me – what annoys me about you? What are my weaknesses? What do I str- What am I not good at? And to tell them to say, "Hey, you know what? I, I, I'm going to write this down, and I'm going to go and I'm going to get better." That takes a lot of vulnerability, and I think that's another part of it is being vulnerable, being able to to look at the person and say, "Hey, I'm not good at this. I struggle with these things." And so there's a lot of there is, it's kind of this 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 web of different variables that go into true self-awareness so just to kind of recap them humility is in there gratitude is in there indirectly uh we have vulnerability that's in there we have a trusted person someone who you can trust um we have and then the growth mindset let's just throw that in there as Mm -hmm. well and this is another thing that has to be self-awareness is is being consistent with that as well being able to pause and to check yourself and say okay okay, well, how can I get better? What do I need to do? Mindfulness. Um, yeah. My, oh, mindfulness is go. huge. Yep. Mindfulness is huge. And mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you're going to ask about that, but that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, if you just pause it. Another podcast. Oh my podcast. gosh. If no, you,
0: I was just going to say that. Essentially, mindfulness, meditation, all of that plays such a large role. And I know you just re- recently went to a workshop, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, I know The Untethered Soul, which I recommend everybody to read. i have to check that uh, one out. It's very basic, talking about the psyche, the observer, and how you know every ambiguous thought we have essentially isn't us. Right. And so not only do we have to get past the ambiguous mind, then we have to say, okay, who really are we, like, as the observer. Right. And so I honestly, with, without a doubt, in my observation experience, it, don't think you can have true self-awareness if you can't quiet your ambiguous mind that's period. a great
1: point that and is so
0: great i love it and I, I also want to add to the the inner circle or asking a trusted friend and i'm gonna i'm gonna nerd out a little bit on this one because yeah. this is one this is one that um i i feel is multidimensional as well and, and i found from studying multiple verticals in my own life that it's a lot deeper than that like you said it's not simple right it's right. not simple and what's really needed to cultivate that kind of container where people can really be honest with you right is really authentic and really have a clear signal right is psychological safety yep and google did that four-year study that just blew everyone out of the water amazing what separates superior teams from everybody else people are like oh no it's experts it's the top of the top it's the elites coming together in a room no it was one thing that consistently could predict superior teams and it was psychological safety Absolutely. the ability to share unbiased authentic feedback consistently amongst the group and everybody had the opportunity to speak and that is so important i touched on that with uh, my last episode so important so i think to get a true, you know, pulse on who you are, you know, unclear clarity, you need that that feedback from your inner circle. But you need to cultivate a space where people are comfortable. Like you said, your parents are probably aren't going to do it. Your, you know, significant other, maybe, but that conversation. sometimes not. Yeah, yep, that exactly. conversation isn't something that that we have in normal day. Like, hey, Justin, what are my weaknesses and what are my right. strengths? You know what I mean? Right. Like, That's it just so doesn't true. happen. So that in itself is an art. And, yes. But if you can do that, I, I can guarantee that it'll help you. I, I remember the first, first attempt I did. I did a group text to a bunch of people, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, uh, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and I didn't do it right. I just read it in a book. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this. And uh, I right. didn't do it right. Then I had to you know, go back to the drawing board and yeah. be like, okay, cool.
1: That's it. That's so, it. And it's interesting. With all this technology, with all these experts, with all these, uh, there's these new uh, ways to enhance performance— you can never under that's one thing that's never going to leave and it's only going to just you just understand its importance maybe one of the most important variables of elite performance and teams and families and marriages and everything is deep relationships building relationships so strong they can bear the weight of truth that right there is so powerful to have a relationship to where Whatever I say, they just know it's strong enough to I can be honest with you and you can be honest with me. Psychological safety is, it's a game changer. It's huge. It's
0: huge. Um, wow. And, and that, that could be another topic in itself, right? Yeah. absolutely. The digital age with absolutely. how to build deep relationships when constant we're battling for our attention. So and our true. Awareness. I do want to ask a couple more questions um, before we wrap this up, but I think this is an important one. Yeah. Because it, it's... It's not really taught, and it, there's not really a way to cultivate this skill. Right. But you, you uh, explain it, or you kind of position this in a way as saying, um, getting familiar with failure.
1: Yes. And it's,
0: it, it's not something you can, you can practice. I mean, you have to do. There has to be an action before that reaction, right? Yes. Before growing that skill.
1: This is my favorite topic. It, it is my favorite. One of my questions I ask when I sit down with someone, one of the first ones I ask is, tell me about your relationship with failure. And to see the facial expressions, and like, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, what, what, whatever you think it means. What's your relationship <laughs> like, with, like with failure? And I hate it. Uh, I've heard I've loved it. I've heard I, I don't know. I, I do everything I can to avoid it. Um, and then we have guys like Michael Jordan, uh, who that quote, I failed over and over and over and over again. And that's why I succeed. I think those, if you want to take performance to the next level in anything, it's cultivating and developing that relationship with failure. And what I really mean by developing a relationship with failure, it's, twofold. Number one, not fearing it. And number two, it's learning from it. I think you get to the point to where failure becomes feedback. Failure becomes the thing that teaches you and propels you to, to get better the next time, and then get better the next time, then get better the next time. I think part, at the, at the core essence of growth is Pushing through failure and pushing through uh, uh, mental fatigue and, and, and soreness. And I think that's why I love failure so much because if you look at anyone who's been successful, anyone, you, you will see that they have overcome so many failures along the way. Every mm-hmm. single person. Think about someone you admire and – Chances are we see them as the quote-unquote end product, if they're still alive or not an end product. Mm-hmm. But they were probably laden with tremendous adversity on the way there, and they just opted to keep going. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's just so powerful. But A lot of people don't do that. They use failure as a signal to quit and not as a signal to keep going.
0: So is that something that uh, is the result of the language we have? I know the nomenclature around failure itself is uh-huh. like, there's a deep shame behind it. Yes. You know, there's a negative connotation. I know in the entrepreneurship world, yep. it's more recognized, but yep. those just stepping into that reality have just a hard time. I think if we kind of instill those practices, obviously, in our kids, right, right at a young age, then it'll be easier to right. to kind of um, embody that. But how do you tell the 30-year-old who's never stepped out of his comfort zone, 40-year-old, the 45-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. You know, who's had a comfy career their whole life that, hey, well, you're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to get punched in the face Yep, and you're going to like it. Yeah. Or you're not, you're not going to succeed. Right. Exactly. Uh, just like that. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> just like that. Just like how you said it. Uh, so many times people, Oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I don't do. I'll always say, then what's worst case scenario? What is worse? That I don't achieve it. And what does that mean if you don't achieve it? Oh, well, this and this. And they just kind of, I just try to have them paint this bleak picture. And then you just see their body language. And so I'll say, so you still want to do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I still want to do Okay, great. Right. There's an opportunity. That, so now to, what, what's the good that can come out of this? Oh, and then I have them paint me this amazing picture. But I always tell them, hey, hey failure is going to happen. And I also say this. If they end up saying there was a time where someone called me, they're going to do something, achieve their goals, and then they quit. They end up quitting or stopping. They, they end up stopping. And like, man, Justin, it was so hard. I had a bad day. I didn't go work out for the past week. And I just said, hey, greatness isn't for everybody and he was like Ooh, what that was deep. i said it's, it's not for everybody Fuego. and he's like i'm going to go and i was like, all right hey I, i'm not forcing you i'm just yeah it's <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the that, that's the easy road and yeah. i'm not going to force you and and uh and and if you're listening to this you're like man and you're just excuse after excuse i never ever try to talk anybody out of their excuses if you have excuses hey those are your excuses own them um But don't be surprised when you start complaining and seeing other people getting things. You've got to be able to work. And it's not for everybody. The entrepreneurial life is not for everybody. Being in great shape is not for everybody. It can be. You can do it. No one's stopping you from doing it. But uh, it it all comes down to your ability to take punches along the way, stay consistent, and to keep believing in yourself. And I think another thing as well. Somebody asked me the other day. He said, Justin, have you arrived I mean, have you arrived? You're one of the only people working with two elite teams. Uh, you're working with uh, uh, you're working with CrossFit athletes. You have two books, and and honestly, I none of this really defined. It doesn't define me. I just want to be a great husband and a great dad. I love that. And I think because of that, because I haven't such an internal locus of control, I have this freedom. I've had people call me horrible things on Twitter and on Instagram. I've had people shoot me down. And I've had people praise me, but what's cool is that just state just straight right here, not too high, not too low. I'm not defined by these books. I'm not defined by by money. I'm not defined by whether it be just people saying, "Oh, you're this and you're that," or podcasts. Um, and I think because of that. That makes me fearless. And not being afraid of failure makes me dangerous. And it makes me want to go out there and not fear anybody and not fear failure because I know if I fail, that doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. If I succeed, that doesn't define me. So we just keep going, and it's oh, amazing man. to look back and see amazing results. And the kind of the byproduct of that has been fun to to explore as, as we keep continuing this
0: journey. That's sweet. Yeah, That's fun. Fuego, adventures straight <laughs> fire. Um, so you you did touch on the – the great shape. So I want to touch on this a little yeah. bit because that's something I'm passionate about: as uh, nutrition and uh, physical health. Yeah. And so. I know this last year, maybe it was last two years. Maybe maybe it was this last year. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you've been taking your nutrition kind of to the next yeah, level. Yeah, I have been. So tell me and and kind of express your your journey in the last year or two yeah. and what you've noticed with taking care of your body and how that overflowed into other aspects of your life.
1: Right. It's really interesting. So I've had um, – I, I grew up – I mean, I've just uh, – cheeseburgers, pizza, Coke. I mean, you name it, sweets. Yep. And 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 that's just what, what I knew and that's what my parents knew. That's what their parents knew and just, and happy and everyone's doing really well. All of a sudden, my, the circles I started to run in started to change. And we ended up realizing that, wow, the people who I'm working with, they're, they're machines. Not only are they feeding their bodies or their minds, but they're feeding their bodies. And I ended up realizing, okay, I need to step my game up. And I ended up learning them and 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 I decided, you know what, here I am teaching mental toughness. Here I am teaching discipline and habits. I need to find some aspect in my life where I can practice what I I need to practice what I preach. And it all came down to fitness and health. And that was something and it it had been so Hard to me, Mm -hmm. so hard to a man making those changes. Sweets, I have such a sweet tooth and burgers because it's so simple and I travel so much. But what ended up happening is I made a decision. I said, you know what? I am going to start changing my body and I'm going to focus on the process. Okay, I'm going to, I'm more, I'm the more paleo. So I'm going to go paleo. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat, I'm I'm only going to drink water and I'm going to work out five to six days a week. I'm just going to stay consistent. I'm going to stay off a scale. And I'm just going to just stick with the process. And lo and behold, as I've started to do that, my mind is more clear. Uh, my clothes are fitting a lot better. I just feel stronger. I'm not. My back doesn't hurt as much. I have more energy to play with my kids. It has impacted every aspect of my life. And has it been? Has it been difficult? Yes. Is, have I had punches in the face? Yes, I have. But I, it's been a great opportunity to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like if i am in taking care of my physical body it will help me be a better instrument to help to do what i do and so i feel like i'm i'm a more complete professional As i take care of my body and uh as that pro athletes always tell me they always tell me that your body is your business and i thought hey you know what if i'm going to be running in this circle with these guys i need to i need to do that as well
0: your body is your business yeah that was beautiful your body is your business i think we need at least the average mindset from what i've noticed and the patterns i've noticed from the most prolific people as as of recent times i'm not sure of past is that they don't they don't have such an antipathetic uh relationship with their bodies and minds right yeah. you see those you see those people that are like oh my stupid knee yeah. gave out or my yes. bum shoulder I yes got, i gotta pop these tylenol you're, you're like brother this is your body, and it's telling you something's wrong. Exactly. Listen, be in tune. Exactly. Right? My, my strong belief is that the body is a lens of perception that we experience this world. I like that. And if we love it, we take care of it, you know, we rest, we recover, we listen to ourselves, right. to our bodies. Innately, we, we have that ability. It'll amplify every vertical in your life. So true. Every. So true. Every relationships, time with your kids. Exactly. Your business. And
1: that's, what it's mm-hmm. that's what's happened in that my life. I think what's happened in my life. That's
0: beautiful. But I'm going to wrap it up here with a a couple, uh, just one or two more questions. Yeah, you got it. Word on the streets is you might have a third book. And the workings. Yeah, you know what? I
1: always have a book that I'm reading, and I always have a book that I'm writing. And so I carry around this black book. I have like 16 of them, and uh, it's actually in my, my house right now, And mm-hmm. where I just constantly jot notes down. I jot my notes. I jot my ideas. And um, just, I think my next one's going to be called Increase Your Impact. As, as I'm starting to see a theme of all these conversations, I thought I, knew, I thought I knew the exact Model that I wanted to build right out of grad school, and then starting after one year, I said, "Okay, no, this is it." And then after the next, year, okay, no, this is it. And now that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see uh, just certain patterns. it's like the word you used in certain uh, periodization of. Uh, if I were to work with somebody, this is what I would teach them first, and this is what there I would teach go. them second. And um, the first one was for parents. The second one was for teenagers. The thir- book number three will be for. Your listeners be for everybody and uh, not directed towards parents or teenagers, Mm -hmm. but. Just how to increase your impact and high performance in your life. And so uh, that, that hopefully it's number three, but we'll uh, we'll see. We're in the works right writing. Yeah, yeah it'll be sure. with the same title of, uh, of, my, of my podcast. Great. Yeah, Great. absolutely. And so
0: where can people find you, Justin? So you can find me on
1: Instagram, uh, at Justin Sua, J-U-S-T-I-N-S-U-A, and at Twitter. That's where I'm at most. That's where my tribe always finds me. But I also have a podcast called Increase Your Impact uh, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. I mean, it's everywhere. You can listen to anywhere and um, and that's a week day, every weekday it's a podcast it's three to five minutes long so it's not very long so you can listen to it on the way to work on the way to the gym five it's short. days a week Five days You're a week. Posting five days yeah, a week. Yeah, five days I a week. It. It's every I single week. It, so don't yeah, even it's, worry. it's I, yeah. Okay, I, good.
0: I, I cited the source. I awesome. I'm like wow. Yeah,
1: five days a week. <laughs> it will without without yeah without fail. It'll come out. The only time I got I got it got disrupted is when we got hit by Hurricane Irma, and so I got oh, hit yeah. with the, earlier this year. Got we got evacuated and I my, left my computer. How long was that for? <laughs> that was about a week, oh. and people were hitting me. They're up, like, where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? I need my podcast. I'm like, bro, I just got evacuated from my my house. Might not be there. My house might
0: not be there when i get back
1: but hurry up and do What's your a, podcast <laughs> oh, yeah but seriously bro
0: <laughs> i just need your stuff what, in one sentence what would you sum up the, what your podcast is um
1: helping you live life on purpose with purpose, helping and you live life on purpose. On, so basically taking very simple strategies the same strategies i use with elite athletes and giving it to you in bite-sized pieces one every every day a week
0: well advancers i hope we brought you guys no i know we brought you some straight gold today hope so justin i appreciate you coming out brother my brother thank you thanks that's it thanks for tuning in if i brought you any value today please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode i would truly appreciate it also don't forget to rate and review the podcast connect to our community on social media we're building a tribe of self-actualized grow getters those that implement the practice of lifelong learning understanding it will catalyze self-actualization the ultimate production of the human spirit find your baseline and grow every day next time, Advancers. Make the rest of your day the best of your day.